everyone and welcome back to Living Life in My 30s. This is a really special episode called PMDD Awareness and today I wanted to talk about what PMDD is, why it's affected my life so much and spread some awareness for this horrible disorder and hopefully help some other people. So please do listen to this episode and share it as much as possible and if you've got any feedback then please do send it to livinglifeinmy30s at gmail.com but otherwise just listen away. for joining me and yes I have another cold so I'm a bit nasal but uh, I really wanted to persevere and do this episode because it is so important and really special and close to the heart for me and certainly with winter being the way it is and people having seasonal disorder I really wanted to share my insights into what's going on with me as well. And I've mentioned in previous episodes that I do actually have premenstrual dysphoric disorder and I really wanted to provide some clarity and awareness on what this is and hopefully help some other people who are actually maybe experiencing something similar but haven't had it investigated because, well, women's health isn't really investigated that well. Sorry, but it's true. Uh, I firstly wanted to highlight what premenstrual dysphoric disorder is and why it's different from PMS. So firstly people listening and guys listening uh, who know obviously the PMS problems they have with women which unfortunately is a very real thing and the difference between the two. So PMS is a very real thing It's that tension, it's that irritability, it's potential cramps, it's potential acne before your period. But actually what PMDD and what makes it so different is the chronic side of things. And what I mean by that is there's a whole plethora of symptoms and you can get these equally in PMS. But these are extreme extreme symptoms that perhaps actually stop your ability to function normally so you can get cramps which affect your ability to function normally but these also include mood these include fatigue a whole plethora of things that actually make this disorder and also now has been recognized in the equality uh, act so the disability act uh, it is classed as a disability. I didn't know this. I actually found this out. And it was actually in the Equality Act of 2010. Um, I was so shocked because, well, one, I'd only heard of PMDD probably a few years ago. And I only got diagnosed this year. And it's only from doing research that I've actually found out that it is actually classed as a disability. That it is recognised, um, which is great news. But I wanted to really share with you my experience of what I've had with this disorder and why I have really pushed forward with this diagnosis to hopefully help me in the the future with work, with life, with partners uh, and family, of course, 
as to why I experience such bad symptoms and perhaps make me slightly different to how I usually am, which is, I like to think quite bubbly, uh, but unfortunately this disorder creeps in and sometimes takes hold of your life in a negative way. So, what are the symptoms? So, this is general, and I'll go over mine, uh, but there are of course, mood swings, so these are going from really stressy to irritable, angry, that kind of thing. But there's also the chronic fatigue signs of things. So I read online, so there's on, uh, I think it's Mind, where they talk about someone sleeping for 18 hours a day. And well, every symptom for me is different every month. But last month, I slept for 16 hours a day, and this person online slept for 18 hours a day. And this was for about a few days. So, as you can imagine, the difference is that, you know, you're actually not able to do your normal things. So I wanted to go swimming, I wanted to go to the gym. There was no chance I could do that. Chronic fatigue is an awful, awful thing. You just want to do absolutely nothing. And, like, I could never do this episode, I could never do, I don't know, just my normal daily functions, I couldn't go to the shop, uh, you know, all you want to do is just stay at home and sleep, and you've already slept for enough hours, but for whatever reason, your body is telling you you can't. So the other things are, obviously, lack of energy, sleeping, mood swings, but you can also get really anxious, and you can also get really depressed. So uh, certainly uh, I've had, I'm on SSRIs, so I take Citalopram to help me with that, to help me with when I get the lower moods or times, and they have certainly helped me keep me balanced out, and it's quite a weird thing because I don't want to take them all the time, but it's, you know, one of those precautionary measures that I take in order to make sure that I'm fine and stable throughout the month. But on top of that, you can also get pain. So you can get pain in your stomach, cramps, uh, which you can get on PMS, but sometimes they're more extreme. You can get joint pain. You can also get the sleep problems, so insomnia or where you're sleeping too much. You can also get the eating problems. So either some people don't want to eat at all, or if you're like me, you have constant sugar cravings and all you want to do is eat cookie dough. And then one of them which I really do suffer from is overthinking and being a bit irrational. Which I know some people listening will be like, ha oh, that's part of your personality. Yes, yes, absolutely. Part of it is to do with my personality as well. But what I would say is that it's hugely exacerbated uh, during that time of the month. So it's really not a pleasant experience, but certainly I notice, and because of doing so much research and also keeping diaries, I know that it's all in sync with my ovulation period. And one of them, one of the symptoms I get, which actually wasn't mentioned on the mind site, is uh, migraines. So I used to get migraines with aura every month growing up. So during my puberty period of my life I had migraines with aura so I'd have to go home from school I would lose my vision I'll get that squiggly horrible zigzag line in your eye and then I'd get a piercing headache and then I'd throw up 
and that was every every month which as you can imagine was a lot of fun so yeah so people listening to this I think uh particularly for women listening to this who do get PMS symptoms I think what the main difference for me and what I would say to you to really evaluate and I'm not a doctor so please don't take this but what I want you to do is think about it to make sure that you're not pushing yourself where actually you do have this disorder and you can actually manage it better but that's not for me to decide that's uh, for you to decide with a professional uh, a professional doctor but what I found was that it was really impacting my way of working my way of living and that's where I had to do something about it so if you're listening and you're going yeah I get like really bad cramps it's not just that, it's about weighing up every other symptom, the way it affects you every month. And um, that, if it is affecting you that badly, then please do talk to your professional and get some advice and help from it and go on a sort of management plan if that should be appropriate. Uh, for me, it's been particularly chronic. And like I said, so I used to have migraines every month. I can't get out of bed sometimes, I get depression sometimes. Um, so as you can imagine, it's played a really big toll in my professional and also personal life, which is why I wanted to highlight the difference so much. So if that sounds similar to you, then please do speak to someone appropriate, a doctor, uh, to see if you can get some help on it. But don't take this as, you know my diagnosis of you please do speak to the right person so yeah uh I wanted to also talk about my experiences so I've touched on it a little bit uh but certainly one of the things so when I was uh growing up it never came into question about PMDD of course everyone talks about women with PMS and it's always been in our lives about women that time of the month and getting really stressy (laughs) And certainly it's never come into question that it may not be normal what I've been experiencing. But actually, uh, the stats say that 8% of women have PMDD, according to what I've read online. Please do do your own research, but that's what I've read. And for me, the reason why it is so chronic is because they're just such extreme symptoms And one of them I didn't mention before was that, because I don't really get cramps before my period, but one one time I did actually get hospitalised, and it was really random, and I was about 17, 18 years old, and it was about, well, I told the paramedic it was an 11 out of 10 pain, and then got taken to hospital. And when I was living with boys, so I was living with, three other guys three years ago and I had it twice more so I actually had an 11 out of 10 pain and it lasted about two hours and luckily I didn't need to be hospitalized but I was in that much pain that I couldn't do anything it was almost I would have loved gas and air just then thankfully I haven't been through labor yet but I would be very interested to see how similar it is because an 11 out of 10 is pretty high. (laughs) So we'll see when I have a baby one day and I'll hopefully do an episode and compare notes on to what this pain is like. 
But as you can imagine, when you're going through pain like that, you it doesn't feel normal. Uh, those cramps are extreme. And certainly I know what normal cramps, in quotation marks, should feel like. But this certainly felt like labour, so that's another one. The migraines were certainly always a part of my life, and it never came into question as to anything other than just me growing up and becoming a woman. Um, That was just part and parcel, and actually... Because I had those, I couldn't go on estrogen and progesterone-only medication. I had to uh, go progesterone-only because, unfortunately, because of having migraines, it's associated with things like strokes. So I could never use both that medication. (laughs) I could never have estrogen and progesterone, which ironically is one of those uh, recommended medications or strategies to manage PMDD is to go for both the hormone pills but yeah I couldn't do that because I had migraines so I had PMDD but one of the helpful things I couldn't actually take because yeah it doesn't help so that wasn't very useful for me uh the other thing I really wanted to highlight was that I've always struggled with my skin so I've always had really bad skin and uh Certainly, the I always noticed that it was very much hormonal, so it would come at a certain time in the month, and I would get horrible skin, oily, just not nice. And I actually went on Roaccutane, and I went on Roaccutane, and luckily I did it during COVID, so people didn't need to see me with this horrible skin. Uh, and the cracked lips and the dry, oh, it's horrible. (laughs) But having said that, it is absolutely a miracle medication. Uh, Although, please do be aware that, you know, if you do want to, there are some known side effects and things they do warn you about, and it is very serious medication, so you have to get go through a dermatologist. And... That you know, certainly for adolescents, uh, it's sort of linked to depression. So it's you know a very serious thing that you can't take lightly. But the results of it are incredible. Um, after taking that medication, my skin has changed so much, um, cleared up completely. However, I've been off it now for about three years, and still my hormonal acne still seems to pop through the surface slightly and I actually could if I wanted to go back on it again because I'm still suffering with those hormonal breakouts but I just see that as a sign of you know I have a quite a severe disorder and it still tries to break its way through every time every month basically. But yeah, so the the other ones, I mean, I've told you about uh, being on SSRIs, uh, which helped me with just to keep my mood level throughout the month. And they've been really good for me. I wouldn't recommend it for everyone because, you know, it is very circumstantial and what, what you feel comfortable with and what your doctor recommends. For me, it's been good because uh, I felt that balance. But one thing about SSRIs, which I find really funny, is that you don't experience the high highs. Of course, you don't experience the low lows, but you're very much balanced 
in the way you are, which I actually really enjoy, but it's taken some adjustment because, you know, I love to have that euphoric feeling. But because I've been on it so long, it seems to have taken that away a little bit. Um, But I would be interested if I came off it to see how that would change or whether it's just becoming accustomed to taking it so long. I don't know. I don't know. And the final one uh, that I get, which I wanted to mention, was that I get quite severe anxiety. And actually, my colleague, uh, there was one day where I was severely anxious. And I said, oh, guys, you know, I want to join the meeting, but I'm just, you know, a bit all over the place. And it's not very professional, but, you know, this was a very good colleague. And he said, why don't you take a shot of whiskey? And no, I'm not recommending this to people. But I did. I took a shot of whiskey and it felt a lot better. But the point I'm making is that that also impacts my ability to function normally, you know, go to work as normal, take part in meetings sometimes. And that anxiety, when that comes through, it's just a horrible, all-consuming feeling because... You feel like you just can't sit still. It's absolutely awful. But anyway, obviously I've talked about me and my symptoms. And, you know, if some of you relate to them, then please do speak to your GP. Please do speak to some people. Get Speak to some women about what they get and what seems normal, what seems not. For me, it's taken years and years. So this is, you know, I started with the migraines when I was 10 years old. And I'm now 31. So that's 21 years of me doing a lot of investigating back and forth, going on lots of different contraceptives to try and help, lots of different methods to try and investigate what was actually going wrong with me. And it's only taken, you know, until this year to get a formal diagnosis. So there are lots of other avenues as to what could be going on with your body. And it's not necessarily PMDD, but PMDD awareness is a great thing because for me, it's helped me manage myself personally and professionally moving forward. So, how do I manage it now? Like I said, uh, I can't take the combined pill because I I take uh, because I have migraines with aura. But what I do take is the progesterone only pill and citalopram. So I balance. That's how I manage it currently. I know a lot of people do do the combined pill and that helps quite a lot. But obviously because it was never an option for me, it was how do we counteract everything? How do we balance it? My I went to the gynecologist who I got the diagnosis from. And one thing that he did offer me was Prostap. Um, for those of you who don't know, Prostap is actually, uh, it's it basically instigates the menopause. Uh, so it's injections and uh, he said you know you could do that for six months and it is reversible so you you will be fertile again but I actually and that was my first choice but actually I decided against that because it sounds so scary you know it sounds so scary to say oh let's start your menopause now And yes, you won't have any problems with fertility moving forward. You know, there's, despite a trained professional telling me that, in the back of my mind, I said, I just don't want to risk it. 
I'm 31 years old. I don't need, you know, my family don't have the best history of, you know, conception, that kind of thing. I don't want to risk any part of me that will not be able to have a child. I don't want to, especially at this age, you know, if I was 20 and suffering as I am right now, then I probably would have done it because I thought, well, I can't live like this for another 15 years. But because of the age I am now and the circumstance I am in, I've decided to go the progesterone-only route with citalopram. But for some of you, that might actually be a step forward. And it's important to note that it's this bad for me that I actually cannot wait to have a hysterectomy eventually to hopefully stop everything that's going on. So, you know, I want to highlight the seriousness of the way it makes me feel and how others can potentially relate to the way I'm feeling and actually going down the prostat route might actually be something that they would consider should a qualified professional advise you or give you that option. But the other way, and this is why I wanted to highlight it so much, is I manage it by doing things like this. I talk to people about it and I talk to my boyfriend, I talk to my mum and sister. Uh, My mum and sister, uh, we have open discussions about this now, which I am so grateful for. Uh, Certainly in our family, I think, and I think they would agree, is having those open discussions might, you know, have moved us forward with our own issues that we've had. But I think we all live in a society, or we have done, that you know, we don't talk about these things so much. But actually talking about this and actually being open about what this disorder is and actually how it affects me and actually why I can be a bitch sometimes is really important. I really want to make it known as to what is going on in my life. And certainly with it being recognised as a disability, now I'm actually approaching employers Uh, and mentioning so you know my current employer they know I've got this disorder and they know that potentially you know if I'm meant to be in the office one day and I'm not able to because of this they know why and that has given me a huge sense of freedom and just recognition for what this is and my advice to people out there is that you know, if you do have something like this, whether it's anything, I mean, I actually, controversially, in some ways, do actually feel a little bit guilty, it's, uh, it's labelled as a disability, and that's really interesting, isn't it? The reason I feel guilty about that is because I get this, you know, obviously every month, uh, but it doesn't affect me the whole month, And there are people with disabilities who they can't, like, their disability doesn't stop, right? And PMDD, you know, logically doesn't stop because it's on every every month. But it's not like it's 30 days of the month. It's, you know, a few days through through the month that seriously affect me. And there are potentially ongoing, so if I've been chronically tired then actually it affects my ability for probably another week or so. But I am really pleased it is recognised as a disability because 
there are things that I do need exceptions for, like for example going into the office. Uh, if I there are some times where I just can't. There are some times where I do need exceptions, and even from family and friends of, I just can't at the moment. I just can't do this. So you know, like me, if you feel a bit guilty about that, I totally relate. But actually, you know, this is what the Equality Act is there for, uh, is to allow for that time. So, you know, we're not saying about taking the mick of any other time, but when you need that little bit extra assistance, then use it. That's the most important thing. So, The main thing from this episode is, like I said, I really wanted to highlight what I've been going through and hopefully uh, some people who've been listening, you know, will actually start thinking about what problems they have and relate. There have been some celebrities recently, so my sister told me that Vicky Pattinson, she's been talking about it and I saw some BBC articles talking about it as well. And I just wanted to do my bit for people listening, uh, so that I can spread that awareness. It is really a horrible disorder, but if you can speak to someone to help manage it, then it really does make a difference. And I'm hoping that even if I can just help one person listening uh, with this disorder, then I'll have done a little bit of a good thing for society. Um, I hope that it gives you a bit more clarity into things that I've been talking about and when I've been mentioning PMDD before, that now you understand what I mean and hopefully that I'm not being uh, OTT in in what I'm saying. People have their own things. Um, It is really important to get the help that you need, but also manage it appropriately inside so with with whatever medication but also manage it externally as well and by that I mean talking to people speaking to work managing it with your boyfriend or your girlfriend um yeah life will be a lot easier certainly doing all those combination of things has helped me dramatically um hopefully in the future I will be a brand new woman with a full soundproof management plan with no repercussions and one day they will come up with a miracle pill that will help all women with these problems moving forward. But until then, please do let me know if you've resonated with this episode and if there are any questions on PMDD from my perspective, please do not ask me anything about your disorders. Please do speak to the right person, the right professional. But if you do want to speak to me about any of my experiences, then please do reach out. I'll be more than happy to talk about it. So, yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, then please do send some feedback to livinglifeinmy30s at gmail.com. But otherwise, I'll speak to you next time.